Welcome to the Geek Explore Not Off Topic Debrief, where we have a casual little conversation, just the two of us, um, about what's been going on in the world and um, what we've been up to. I'm John Williams. Oh, I'm Ben Robinson. So, John, what have you been up to? I have been slowly going insane with this uh, with this <laughs> lockdown thing. I'm a diabetic, so I'm on super lockdown. Yeah. Um, no, I've been ingesting some content still. You know, there's a podcast I just started listening to that I would recommend to fans of Scrubs. And I mean, if you're Scrubs fans, or if you are a Scrubs fan, you know, they, they are a pretty fierce, loyal bunch. So I'm sure a lot of people have already heard about this, but there's a podcast called Fake Doctors, Real Friends. And it's a uh, show with Zach Braff and Donald Faison where they're doing a, they're doing a rewatch of the Scrubs series. And it's about four episodes in. They've uh, they've had Bill Lawrence, the creator, on as a guest. They've had Sarah Chalk, who played Elliot. And they've just got a wealth of behind-the-scenes anecdotes and stories and shit. Like, I am in love with this. Because I, I love the show Scrubs. And actually, Angelina and I just finished uh, Season 8, which was the end of Scrubs as far as I'm concerned. They did that last weird med school season. But, yeah, we had just finished the series. Nice. Yeah, no, it was a good one. Almost seems a bit self-indulgent to go back and rewatch your own show, but then again, that's like what commentary is on like DVDs and stuff, and that's cool. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I'm kind of bummed that the commentary craze seems to have died down because I went through a little little phase where I was just soaking up all the commentaries I could on my favorite movies, you know, even when it's stuttering, bumbling fool, Tim Burton, like, uh, uh, through a whole movie. Like it was, he still had interesting insights. Yeah, no, it is. It is fun to listen to that and kind of hear all the stuff that went into it that, uh, you wouldn't know otherwise. Yeah. Unless and you like, look on the internet and then it'll tell you all those things. Cause somebody else <laughs> already watched it. They did bring up the, uh, the scrubs wiki. Cause apparently Zach Braff went and looked at that just to see if there were any, any interesting notes and Donald Faison is not a fan of it, but no, really? that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Cause apparently Zach Braff hasn't gone back and watched the show since it was new. So it's cool kind of reliving it through, through him, you know, like as somebody who had been there and he's just like, Whoa, I forgot about this. And you know, he's excited. So it gets me excited. Oh, neat. Let's see. Other than that, uh, I watched Hook the other night with my six-year-old. It was her first time watching it, and I hadn't seen it in a few years. I'm a I'm a big fan of the movie. I can't remember if I talked to you about this or not, but it seems like recently I've heard from more and more sources that generally Hook is not very highly regarded. Yeah, I remember you saying that, and like I remember it being good, but I haven't seen it in like a decade, probably. So younger me liked it. So I presume current me would too. Yeah. Like Kyle and I have always gushed about that movie and how that was like one of the last movies where Spielberg had the Spielberg magic before, you know, Jurassic Park came out, which was undoubtedly one of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah. Um, But once CGI came into the picture that that kind of signaled where the magic of Spielberg started to leave. Yeah, and yeah so so people are saying it's not a good movie. Yeah, like it's been popping up on internet listicles and shit of like overrated movies or times directors fucked up or something like. That. And I'm like, wait, what are you talking about? Like, Hook was amazing, and you know, when you watch a movie with somebody for their first time, you pay attention more, you know, and it's a movie you know well. And dude, like, 
I had forgotten how much I loved that movie. Like that movie, there there were a couple parts like the the uh, you know the the little kid pockets like touching his face. You know the oh there you are Peter moment. Mm-hmm. I got all fucking emotional. One thing I I never realized before when he's stretching out his face and he says oh there you are Peter, it's because he made a smile on his face. And Robin Williams was such, or you know at that point Peter Banning was such a miserable old piece of shit you know like he wasn't peter pan anymore but when he stretched his face out into a smile he saw peter there and i was like oh it was uh what the kiddo think first thing she said when the movie ended was can we watch it again that's pretty glowing review yes like, like she wanted to watch it again immediately i didn't realize that movie's like two hours and 20 minutes long oh shit it's a it's a long fucking movie so at least at least ella thinks that uh, the internet is wrong. Yeah. So good for yeah. her. She's a smart kid. Other than that, I've just been drawing comics, reading comics, working the day job. Yep. Same old, same old. Yeah. What about you? Uh, yeah. yeah. I've been working, the doing that mostly. Uh, started playing uh, D&D with some other podcast folks. Yeah. Um, in my free time. That is, uh, that has been a lot of fun. Kind of running them through an Eberron campaign. We're playing every Friday. It's cool. Um. And uh, I've got uh, I split like uh, three cords of wood this weekend and wore the shit out of my kids. Oh, boy. They've never oh, worked yeah. that hard in their lives. Yeah. When I cruised up yesterday, because to the listener, the, the one time I get to get out during the week is I head up to Ben's five acres and stand outside and talk to everybody. So I stay six feet away and don't touch anything. And it's really annoying. But that's my that's my time to get out of the house. Um, but I went up there yesterday and your daughter was out and about, which was surprising because she's, she likes her sleep these days. She's be- go- going into teenagehood, but yeah, she was bitching about how tired she was and how annoyed because she had to work the splitter. Yeah. I, I worked them for like seven hours today. Yeah. And like her, f- she's, her feet were all sore. She's all tired and I'm like, good. Yeah. It's good for you, kid. <laughs> but uh, no, they, I had them down. They were well-oiled machine putting the wood up. My daughter's working the lever back and forth. My son's stacking it, getting things done. So I would recommend splitting wood as something to keep you busy <laughs> during quarantine times. I don't know how I would feel actually doing the work there. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't mind doing Odin's job, throwing it in the trailer, but it was bizarrely like therapeutic just sitting there and watching them do that. Oh, and the like sound just watching it the wood. Yeah, the sound of the wood splitting. <laughs> Yeah, I kept thinking it sounded like, you know, like a dinosaur chewing through human bones. Ooh. <laughs> it's kind of like a crunching and like there's there's not a squish noise, but there's something that's, you know, like if you close your eyes, like, yeah, okay, that's a solid dinosaur eating a person noise right there. Yeah. If only you could isolate that and get, get, the, uh, get the sound of the friggin' splitter itself out of there. Yeah, just maybe cover it up with uh, horrifying screams. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> just... Make sure the scene has a car running in it. Yeah, no shit. But uh, but yeah, otherwise, I, I haven't... God, I don't think I watched much anything. Like, Odin and I watched uh, watched Planet Hulk today. And that was about, yeah. that was about it. And he commented on how it uh, was very similar to Thor Ragnarok. And I'm like, yes, yes, yep. it is. <laughs> kind of where they got this. I went to watch that once... And I was really hungover, and I I think I fell asleep before it ended. But they didn't have like the Silver Surfer character in that, did they? No, it's got Beta Ray Bill at the end. Uh, okay, that they fight. 
I definitely didn't see that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But yeah, other than that, it's kind of business as usual. Whatever, whatever usual is these days. Yeah, the We're like a month usual. in now. Really? Yeah. Um. So, what do you want to do? You want to get into some news, or you want to do some reviews? Uh, l- let's uh, let's hit the news first. All right. Um, maybe I'll take the lead because I think I've got more things than. Well, I don't know. Should I do a bunch of quick hits? Sure. Why not? All right. Quick hits. So some headlines that were jumping out at me on uh, from the internets this week, um, or I guess the last two weeks. We've got John Krasinski of Office Fame and some good news. Have you been watching those those things he does on YouTube? Nope. Oh, it's good. You should. It's uh, it's very cute, very family friendly. John Krasinski does like a news show um, where he's just trying to keep positivity in the world through all this barf. Um, but he has apparently met with Marvel. It's breaking news and it's shocking. Is it? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's, uh, he's widely, or I mean, people are, fans are calling for him to be Reed Richards along with Emily Blunt as Sue Storm in Fantastic Four. Like it is a fan casting wet dream right now. So, so much to the point that like, I think if somebody besides them gets cast, like people are going to have like an emotional like breakdown. Weird. So, of course, he's met with Marvel. Um, there's news that Bob Iger may step back in as head of Disney. If you recall, he recently sort of took a step back and a, a different Bob took over. I can't remember the guy's last name, but other Bob. Uh, yeah. It sounds like Bob Iger may be stepping back in to take a more active role in all of this. Uh, turmoil this sucks for other bob like because if if anything's going poorly right now is it really his fault yeah no all shit. This shit going on like i mean come on he finally gets a crack at being ceo and then fucking the coronavirus breaks out and fucks everything up and they're like sorry dude we need the Iger back i wonder if he called out bob Iger and he's like i'm not ready for this please come back <laughs> i'm not bob enough <laughs> Um, let's see another, uh, little, little tidbit. Um, Sam Raimi is confirmed now as the Dr. Strange two director. Oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, it was reported that he was, that he had the gig, but he came out and super confirmed it. Um, how do you feel about that? Uh, I like Sam Raimi. He generally does stuff. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm not really sure what it's going to be about. I know it's got like a really long name. Yeah, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. So, uh, I know, I it could be good. Yeah, one one thing a lot of people are again sort of fan casting stuff that that they're hoping for is that they can somehow work in if they're doing multiverses, work in a Toby Maguire Spider-Man cameo. Oh, that would be weird. I mean, I guess yeah. the, the, you know, there there's the connection there, but well, I'd be surprised if they did though. 5 years ago, I would probably have been surprised nowadays. Like it seems like cross pollination is more important than telling a good singular story. Fan service is a thing that is for sure. And I guess what's Toby Maguire been doing? Yeah. I, I can't, I can't think, think, of think of a single thing. Like I'm sure he's done something, but nothing I'm aware of. Yeah. Not winning any Oscars like his pal Leo DiCaprio. Or I guess, I guess we live in a world now where Leonardo DiCaprio is not someone to shit on. That was just, that was like a knee jerk reaction from like when from we were teenagers. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> From back when he was Jack the Jerk in Titanic. Yeah. Like, I really, I really enjoy him in movies. So that, oh, yeah. that was bizarre to default on DiCrapio like the old days. No, yeah, he's, uh, he's a hell of an actor. Like, I like yeah. that guy quite a lot. Did you see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I did. It's probably. Oh, yeah, that's right. You saw it before I did. It's probably my least favorite Tarantino movie. Really? Yeah, it was okay. It just kind of meandered. It didn't really like have any focus for most of the movie, which he's, yeah. he's not really known for, you know, laser focus or anything, but I, I don't know. I just wasn't sure what the story that it was trying to tell was. And then like the last 10 minutes were really cool, but it was like, was it a buildup for that? Yeah. When I was done, I texted uh, David Stoffer from the Brave Little Podcast because I know he like saw it like a million times the first weekend. He's such a huge fan of it. And like my text to him was basically like, I enjoyed the movie, but I'm not sure if I didn't get it or not because I just couldn't, I was like, what was, what was the point? Like, where was the beginning and end and whose story was it? And what journey did they go on? Like, like you said, it just meandered, but I enjoyed it. It was very charming. And and like, yeah. I've read that it's just supposed to be a love letter to old Hollywood. Yeah, I guess it, I mean, I guess it was that. Yeah. I don't know. It was a very non-committal love letter, I guess. I mean, it was very, yeah. I don't know, just, it, it seemed under, it was underwhelming for me, though. I did kind of like how, you know, they're kind of doing the whole Manson family thing, building up to that through the whole thing. And, uh, you know, at the very end, you're like, oh, okay, yep, uh, Sharon Tate's about to get killed as fuck. And, uh, nope, they, uh, they, they don't do that. Yeah. The, re the revisionist history that he started with in glorious bastards. Like it's very entertaining. Well, yeah, yeah. You, you know, like the whole movie, I'm thinking like, well, I know where this is going. I did not know where it was going. So no, he's got that on me at least. Yeah. That shit was brutal. All right. Well, the, you know what? Maybe that's it for my, for my quick hits. Yeah. What do you got? Uh, so a couple things, um, I guess I'll lead uh, with one I'm stealing from you. Oh. Wizards of the Coast has, uh, due to all everyone being stuck indoors and not having anything new, they've started releasing um, like daily content. So for people like myself who are not steeped in D&D, &D, like what, what kind of thing is it that they're releasing? So a lot of it is um, they're releasing stuff, uh, some stuff from Adventurers League which is like the group play where like, if you go to like your local game store or comic shop and they're playing D and D there and it's like anyone can drop in and join and play and then leave. That's the adventurers league stuff. And it's kind of got a bit large overarching story, but like little single one shots is what it's made of. So you can come in and play and then skip a few weeks and come back and play with their same character. Oh shit. That's how you should plan yours. Yeah, no, it's not, that's not my thing. Um, Ooh. But then, uh, then they've got other, they've released other just standalone adventures. So like, if you're playing with your group, you can go and play it. Some of them are one shots. Some of them are, you know, three, four session type games. And they've also been releasing stuff for like your kids. So like they've, they're releasing like coloring pages and stuff and activity books, D and D themed activity books that you can print out and give to your kids to, you know, color a lich. Kids like to color. Now, what is the quality of those pictures? Like, like, it, does it look like a coloring book for kids or is it like good ass, like D and D creature design and like armored up warriors and shit just without any detail? It's a bit of both. Um, so there's some that are like a little bit more cartoony and simple, but then they've got like a pretty solid, cool looking like mind flare they put out last week. Are you familiar with a mind flare? Only from stranger things. 
Ah, so yeah, probably no. not traditional D&D Mind Flayer at all. No, they look kind of like, um, was it Davy Jones from Pirates of the Caribbean? Like a dude with like uh, tentacles on his face. Like yeah, a like Cthulhu a Cthulhu looking guy. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, kind of creepy for a kid, but they're pretty detailed. Maybe I'll print some of those out on some uh, some nice thick card stock so I can, so I can handle the markers. You can find the stuff at uh, dnd.wizards.com slash remote slash free material. It's a mouthful. Yeah, they've also got a stuff on there and like how to tips on how to like play online for folks that are used to pen and paper and in-person stuff. How to get, still get together with your group. Like my in-person group, we're now doing it online as well. So. Oh, yeah. You're, you're like midweek yeah, my Call campaign. Of, yeah, my Call of Cthulhu game. Well, fuck yeah. Uh, so we, trailers have been pretty dry lately, but, um, I did catch one recently for the new Capone movie with Tom Hardy playing Al Capone. Did you happen to catch that one? Um, I did not. I watched like the, I usually try and watch like the, you know, this week in new trailers thing. Uh, that one wasn't on there. So. Oh shit. I gotta, well, I was going to say, I gotta find that this week in new trailers thing, but I don't know how reliable they are. Yeah, apparently. I mean, it's put out by fandango so like you imagine that they would want you to get any of your money right now so maybe they don't they're kind of phoning it in <laughs> <laughs> well this trailer looks interesting it appears like uh it appears the story well i don't think it just appears like the story does take place in uh al capone's last days as his men- mental faculties have uh diminished to doctors were saying like that of a 12 year old um, towards the end of his life when he was in Florida because of a... Yeah, yeah, as well after all of his interesting capers. Yes, yeah, yeah. He'd already been to Alcatraz, already had crazy syphilis problems, and then penicillin came out, which slowed it down, apparently. But it looks like there the the idea of this is that there's some rumor that Al Capone has a huge, like, $10 million something stashed somewhere, and they're trying to get it out of them and it looks like there's like a detective or maybe a reporter who uh who is claiming that capone's mental deterioration is all just an act so i don't know it looks intriguing because you do see tom hardy with a tommy gun in the trailer so who knows what what that is i imagine they'll have like flashbacks and stuff like if he's trying to tell them stories and stuff i hope i kind of hope it goes like not not silly but uh sideways you know like we're like, like it's guy Ritchie. well you know just like a guy with uh you know a guy with the now that has the faculties of a 12 year old and his brain has been addled trying to tell you a story it may not be real <laughs> see and that's kind of what i was thinking or fearing i guess about the tommy gun scene because when he's got the tommy gun he's still old al capone and he's wearing this like striped bathrobe that you see him wearing in scenes that are clearly oh, him weird. retired in florida interesting so i mean suppose i've heard that conspiracy theory or that that theory i guess it's not really conspiracy that that al capone had like a horde like he had a stash that uh where it is was taken to his grave oh shit that should be the new indiana jones movie indiana jones and capone's lost gold shit yeah (laughs) um did you catch some trailers from your from your fandango thing um you know the the ones that i did see nothing was really Amazingly of note, there was a movie called uh, Trip to Greece that was just looked like a like an old person British buddy road trip comedy kind of thing. 
that uh, at least the banter in it seemed kind of entertaining. So maybe I'll check Who's that in one it? out. Uh, some people that I don't know. Some British actors of some variety. All right. No one see. I recognized. It just, it looked, uh, the trailer, like when I watched it, it was like, okay, that looks like it could be good. It's like two old British dudes busting each other's balls. Well, I looked up Trip to Greece on the old Google and it came up with a lot of uh, <laughs> travel plan, agents. Yeah, plan a trip to Greece. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Steve Coogan and Rob Bryden. I don't know Rob Bryden, but I know Steve Coogan for sure. That's the name. Didn't recognize it or him. To me, Steve Coogan is like the spiritual successor to like Eric Idle and the Monty Python boys. In any case, it looked, uh, it looked like it could be good. And uh, other than that, not, not, nothing else really made me think I want to watch that. So um, I do got one thing I want to talk about. And this is not news. I mean, it was news to me. Mm-hmm. But it is something that I thought was really cool and that I'm going to take advantage of and uh, wanted to make sure anyone else that maybe already didn't know about it knows about it. So uh, Xbox Game Pass, uh, have you, you've had Game Pass at least once, right? Yeah, yeah, in the past I did. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, they came out with a thing, I guess, last July called Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. So it's like 15 bucks a month and it includes Xbox Games Pass. Boy, that is hard for me to say <laughs> having some trouble with that line <laughs> and uh and gold together and uh, like i pay for gold anyway because you know it's the only way to play online and do a bunch of other shit yeah so if you've never had the xbox game pass ultimate they have a promotion where for like you know you get your first month for a dollar and then it's 14.99 a month after that right but if you already have xbox gold they'll convert any gold months that you have over two Game Pass months, up to 36 months. So what does that mean? Like promos and games that were offered back then will be available to you or what? No, what it means is that uh, if you want it, like if you already pay for Xbox Gold anyway, and you want Game Pass, you can go out and pre-buy 36 months of Xbox Gold for the, you know, the 60 bucks a year or whatever it is, and then sign up for the $1 um, you know, first month for a dollar Game Pass Ultimate thing and get 37 months of Game Pass for a dollar. Oh, shit. Yeah. And that's only if you never had Game Pass at all? If you haven't subscribed to Game Pass Ultimate, the $14 a month thing. Son of a bitch. Motherfuckers. I paid for Xbox Live monthly, mind you, because I just kept forgetting and it was always a pain in the ass process for me and I, I just never took the time to do it i probably paid for that for like two years and used it like four times oh and and i just i finally went and canceled it like two or three months ago well yeah but that wouldn't help you anyway so like you need to have it like pre-bought prepaid like because they don't want to screw you out of your prepaid stuff right oh oh okay okay i, I thought it was like however long you had had nope no, no, Xbox no, no. So if you, oh, okay. It's basically anything you've prepaid for, they just convert over to the ultimate. Oh, neat. So if you go out right now and buy 36 months, up to 36 months of gold, you know, like buy the little cards and redeem them instead of doing it through your credit card, and then sign up for it, you'll get 37 months of Game Pass for a dollar. If you were already going to be buying gold. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't going to do that. I can't play GTA with the six-year-old running around. You can. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I'm already paying for gold. Like, I think I've got like nine months left on the last time it re-upped. So uh, I'm just going to go buy 24 more months of uh, 
of Xbox Live Gold and then sign up for it and uh, get myself just a shit ton of Game Pass. Fuck it's yeah. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. I'll play some games over your place once this is all over. Yeah. But so, yeah, it's a great deal if uh, you if you're willing to front the money that you were going to pay for gold anyway. Yeah. So, Ben, one thing that we've been dealing with through this uh, through this Corona crisis has been the halting of the comic book industry, essentially, like uh, shops are closed. A lot of shops like we've talked about in the past are doing uh, mail order or curbside. So please go patronize your local comic shops. Keep them in business by gift cards. Um, but no, no new books have been shipping because diamond distributors took themselves out of the game. They were talking about how they are going to start distributing again in mid May, but DC comics just came out with a model of their own where they're going to be using other distributors and other lines of uh, distribution to get books to the shops that are open. Um, they're going to be starting that before the end of the month here. Oh, nice. Which yeah um it's a very limited slate i think it's only probably like between five and ten books a week but they're shipping weekly and they're going to get them out to some shops so i'm not sure exactly what all that means and what that entails you know once diamond starts back up but i think it's fucking cool that dc's finding a way to get some books out there i also think after having worked in a comic shop and having dealt with uh the shit that diamond puts you through you know where books show up damaged they can't replace them um, or books show up late and their diamond has a stranglehold on the comic book distribution industry. So they're not held accountable at all. There's nobody to hold them accountable. Oh, well, maybe. Yeah. Maybe this will give someone a leg up to start competing with them. That's what I'm hoping for. Well, shit. Yeah. So, uh, in good old astronomical news, uh, I, I think I mentioned a while ago at the Atlas comet that we were hopefully going to be able to see in May that was going to be super bright. Yeah, like bright as the moon. Yeah, the fucker broke up and fell apart. Didn't have what the an didn't have the balls to go through with it. So uh, it's in a bunch of pieces now, at least four, and we won't be able to see shit. Oh, but if you're listening to this as it comes out to console you, the uh, the Lyrid meteor shower will be peaking on Tuesday. What is it? The twenty first and Wednesday, the twenty second of April. So if you're listening to this. On the day it comes out, on that Tuesday, uh, you can uh, go outside in the middle of the night and should see a kind of good meteor shower. It's kind of, they're expecting it to be mediocre as far as meteor showers go, so. Do you think you'll see it from <laughs> your place? Oh, yeah. I mean, if the skies are clear, absolutely. They're, Shit, they're expecting like up. 10 to 15 meteors, you know, I think an hour. So it's not a lot. Like every few minutes. What would yeah. that be? Like every five minutes. I mean, but they're supposed to be good. The, it, the Lyrid meteor shower is known for like some good sized meteors. So you get some good, bright shooting stars. Yeah. That's something that somehow I feel like I've missed out in my life. You know, like going backpacking and shit and people are just like, oh, did you see that? Did you see that? I'm always looking in the other direction. <laughs> and it sucks. So maybe I'll shoot up there on, on Tuesday night. So it's a, you know, a bit of a consolation prize at least. Yeah. It's not the, the, the Lyrid meter shower can be super active. Like in years past, it's been like a hundred per hour. So like oh, 10 to fuck yeah. So 10 to 15 is, is a bit tame for what it can be, but uh, it's something, you know, if you got a clear sky Tuesday or Wednesday night, uh, go outside and take a look. Maybe yeah. you'll see something cool. 
Um, so how do you feel about that uh, that J.J. Abrams and his bad robot production uh, house striking up? But, well, he's got a, an exclusive deal with Warner Brothers, and it looks like he's going to be executive producing a uh, Justice League Dark show for HBO Max. Yeah, that seems kind of cool. I like the idea of Justice League Dark with John Constantine heading up the show and going after like supernatural stuff. Like, yeah, that's a cool concept. It should be cool, other than the fact that it's coming to HBO Max, because uh, Warner Brothers decided they need their own streaming service, too, because that's what all of the cool kids are doing now. I thought the whole streaming thing was really cool for a while. Now I'm just fucking over it. Now, we'll see if if this is just a Mandalorian thing for me, but they've got that Green Lantern Corps TV show coming out, so they're yeah. going to get at least a few bucks from me, for sure. Yeah, well, I'll sign up if they do, like, the, you know, 30 days free thing. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. And watch it, you know, binge watch it all then in 30 days and then not renew it. Totally just rumors for right now. But there's talk about uh, Keanu Reeves coming back to play Constantine again. Oh, neat. I like which is not it's not comic book traditional or accurate, but, you know, fan service. Tie it in and Keanu Reeves is a hot commodity. Well, fuck the dude that played him in like the uh, what Legends of Tomorrow or whatever, you know, the Arrowverse, I guess it would be. He even had his own TV yeah, series did, before yeah. that. Uh, I thought he did a fucking pretty solid John Constantine. Yeah, and he does the voice in the animated one, too. Yeah, so uh, I'd be happy if they got him. But Keanu Reeves would be cool, too. I like. Yeah, bring it back. Yeah. I, I started watching the couple uh, like the first couple episodes of that Swamp Thing TV show for DC Universe, and it wasn't bad. It was pretty graphic. Like, like it, It's like a horror movie. So Good, it, was, it should uh, be. That was cool. Not like a weird romance thing, like the fucking old TV show was. <laughs> um, so, oh, and also tacking on to that J.J. Abrams news, um, they're doing two other shows. One is called Duster, and I can't remember the synopsis for that, but it didn't sound super interesting. But they are doing one that uh, that is a uh, called the Overlook Hotel, which is the location for The Shining. Yeah, it's supposed to be like a, this is what made the place so haunted type thing. Oh, cool. That could be interesting. Imagine there's going to be some twins in it that get murdered, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> and a creepy old lady in a bathtub getting killed? Ooh. Something? Like, I don't know what's going on, but uh, it's like a prequel. Maybe they'll do a, a mocap Scatman Crothers. Yeah. You know what? I think we've we've done a lot of news. Yeah, maybe too much. <laughs> yeah, I think so. You're going to have to cut some out. Um, how about we get into some comic book reviews? Yeah, I'm down for some comic book reviews. Um, so we've got Invasion from Planet WrestleTopia, Invasion of? From. Fuck. Definitely okay, from. from. Yeah. So uh, I swear I read this. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I was I was actually stoked. These uh, the One of the writers, let's see, it's uh, it's written by... Uh, Matt Enton and Ed, oh man, I, I don't want to butcher this, but yeah. it's spelled K-U-E-H-N-E-L. So I'll, I'll just go Kuno, Kuno. They're the co-writers, but uh, Ed hit you up on Twitter. Right? Yeah, 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 and asked us to take a look at the book and uh, let them know what our thoughts were. Yeah, I was stoked when, when Ben showed me this. Like, hey, we're going to do a comic review. And I looked, I'm like, I fucking love this comic. Like over the summertime... I uh, I had a chance to pick up floppies of the first two issues because it's uh it's being distributed by Starburns Industries Press, and I have a friend who is publishing his B Squad book through them as well. Like I used to work with uh, Eben Burgoon 
on B Squad. Uh, I did a couple issues for him years ago. And so it was uh, it was cool that all of a sudden I realized that there are five issues that uh, that you can check out on Comixology and that they wanted us to review it. I was like, fuck, yeah, like I'm I'm down. I love the first two issues. And they're like, ah, uh, I remember they were, they were talking with you and they're like, oh, maybe he read a different wrestling book. And I was like, because I mentioned that you had physical copies and he was like, I don't think so, because it's only on Comixology. But uh, you've got you've got an inside line. Fuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> I sent that picture of the of the two comics to you, and they they also had a uh, they like trimmed down one of their stories for um, Starburns Industries presents like the uh, they did a free comic book day uh, anthology book. Oh, neat. Yeah. So I mean, honestly, like if it wasn't apparent yet, like I I love this book. I loved the first two issues. I remember hitting Eben up and saying like, hey, when are they putting the third one out? And I think he sort of knew that they were going to go digital. So he's like, ah, I don't know. We'll see. Because I like to have physical copies. But um, I love Dan Schkade. I, I imagine that's his, that's how you pronounce his name because even that one's difficult. S-C-H-K-A-D-E, Schkade. Yeah, that would be my guess. He did the art for the first uh, three issues with colors by Marissa Louise. And then on the fourth issue, the art team switches up to uh, the line arts, Kendall Good and colors by Jason Lewis, which, you know, coming from an artist's standpoint, it was kind of jarring, you know, seeing seeing that like like reading the first three issues, getting back into it and then the art style and the coloring switching up. But the story was still great. I didn't even notice because I went like three days between reading number three and number four. And, uh, <laughs> it was perfect. So, like, I yeah, I didn't even when you mentioned it, I was like, did it really? I didn't, I didn't pick up on that. But uh, I'm, I'm not as uh, art in tune as you are. Yeah, I mean that that's that's a very big part of comics for me. You know, like I can read a comic book that has great art and shitty story easier than I can read a uh, a comic that has shitty art and great story. But luckily, in this case, I didn't have to worry about that because both art teams were great and. Uh, I'm not well versed in wrestling. I wasn't a super wrestling kid when I when I was a kid, but I my geeky pursuits have made me sort of like wrestling adjacent. So I know enough about it to appreciate uh, all the all the terminology that they throw in. Like you can tell the writers do know their shit when they're talking about uh, wrestling, and like you can tell their fans with all the names they've made up and all the little the little. I know what a face is. I know what a heel is, a work, you know, it was cool to live in that, in their world for a little bit because it was accessible to somebody like me that doesn't know that much. Yeah. It's not super steeped in lingo where if you're not familiar with, I really liked the, the concept of it. Like, so basically the, you know, pitch. Thank you. I was, just, I was just thinking that I was like, wow, I haven't said anything about the book at all. Yeah. So basically the pitch is, you know, there's this, uh, kind of washed up, like, I guess he's a pro wrestler, but in like the smaller leagues in the seventies before it got real big. Well, it was uh 84. Okay. Well, there you go <laughs> in, but in the, but in like the more regional, you know, championships and stuff, not the uh, WWF or anything basically goes on TV and announces himself the champion of the galaxy or universe. One of the two. And uh, that that signal goes out into space until it reaches like WrestleTopia, which is apparently is a planet of wrestlers. And uh, the real champion of the galaxy hears it and gets kind of pissed about it. And they invade Earth and challenge him to a title match. Yeah, rock and roll, Roy Landell. They've got a lot of a lot of good name naming conventions in that too. That really harken back to the old days, like oh. Iron Hussein. You're like, oh yes, I know he's got a ton of them. 
Yeah, and I love it. It's got a bunch of like at the at the end. It's got like little fake ads and like uh, little promos for each of the bunch of different wrestlers that aren't even in the book. Yeah. But they're like in, you know, just makes it more of a cohesive universe. Like these are the things that are available in this universe. I, I thought they did a really good job. It's a fun story. Uh, and I was disappointed that only five of them are out of a six issue series. Yeah. Yeah. We so, will have to wait for the, for the next installment. Um, and I, I don't know why, but I, I interpreted it as the, uh, what was it? The a AWF, I think is what the, what the league is. I thought that was like analogous for the wwf and that that uh dick drazen was the analog for vince mcmahon in this universe and that he oh, walked yeah. away from it and went to regional shit and then went to the regional that may make more sense actually yeah yeah because like he blew up his big chance yeah. yeah but yeah it's a entertaining book you can find it on uh comiXology yeah i'll be looking out for the sixth issue coming out i'm, I'm kind of curious yeah. how he's gonna wrap everything up in one issue yeah yeah there's there's a lot, a lot of story that that sounds like it needs to be told in uh, in one book. Maybe it'll be an extra sized spectacular. Hey, I'm hoping he doesn't Game of Thrones us and rush it. <laughs> um, so we've got one more comic review, and this one I got to apologize. We kind of shit the bed on, but a while ago, um, like a month ago, I think it was. Oh boy, a guy named Ryan Little approached me. He writes a comic book called uh, The Axe Man, and said, "Hey, will you guys take a look at this?" and uh, talk about it and sent us the first two issues of it and uh i, I read it and we meant to talk about it on this before his kickstarter expired <laughs> and we didn't uh thankfully it funded anyway so um you know it is out there it is going to get finished and uh and we're going to talk about it now because uh we uh we fucked up yeah yeah we did um so synopsis wise like it seems i mean it's it's weirdly uh point yeah yeah the the stuff going on in there it seems like like there's a lot of biological warfare going on in the world there there are diseases and there there's these uh these guys the axe men that get sent in as sort of a last resort to put down patient zeros for you know extremely infectious um yeah like hyper mutated nasty diseases yeah, exactly. Like it, it doesn't seem like something like coronavirus where you just get sick and possibly die. Like it, it seems like something that like almost like zombifies you. And man, right off the bat, like when you see one of those people that like it, it looks like they've got like scaly like fins or shells coming out of their skin, and it just fucking grossed me out. Yeah. Which is a compliment. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they called them like flakers or something at some point in it. Oh. From what I could tell, you like worked for like a like a secret organization, possibly. So what does it look like where they go around and kind of like just put this shit down, and like they either they like they used to do a lot more curing, but it's getting out of control, so they're just having to like annihilate shit. To keep yeah, it, and it under seems control like now. they've like they've got a way to uh, to like detect when a new disease pops up. Yeah, I was a little uncertain of that, but but you know so they they can send them out to head it off before it gets uh, before it gets big and nasty and it definitely had had a lot of foreshadowing for problems to come like there's definitely a gathering storm of some sort yeah because there's two issues in right now so there's definitely a lot a lot more setup and a lot more um beginnings of stories you know and characters getting together and and you start seeing people's motivations through the first two issues one thing that i really dug was the art by um i man all these names that are just slightly weird. So 
I could just say Brian Anden, but it's B R I A N E. So is it like Brienne? Is it is it a is it a European? Yeah, or but, a woman? Is it Brienne? Yeah, it could be Brienne. Yeah, that's probably. It's either a European dude or a or a lady that's missing an N. <laughs> um, but sorry, <laughs> but, <laughs> I really dig the art. Um, it's got a very gritty, like dynamic uh style to it which is much different than the uh the wrestletopia artists who are much more cartoony oh yeah it's a total difference and the, um, the x-man's way grittier it's it's there's a lot more there's a lot more i don't want to say action but like the because wrestletopia has got loads of action in it but it's like the it it's like blurry and stuff when shit's going on and yeah and yeah there's a lot of like speed lines and angles like it, it reminds yeah. me a lot of uh of like kind of a Sean Murphy or like a Jeff Shaw who did like the paybacks and, and God country like comic fans know Sean Murphy, but Jeff Shaw was somebody who came from that same kind of school of, you know, a lot of like dry brush and splatter techniques. And yeah. you know, when, when the action speeds up, there's a lot of like speed lines going through there and like warping of walls and perspective. So yeah, I, I, I dig it. Oh geez. I'm looking at it right now. Ugh. <laughs> those diseased people in that first issue <laughs> fucking gross but yeah it's 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 an interesting book i'm looking i'd like to see where it goes um it, it looks like he kickstarts each issue which is kind of cool to kind of make sure all of the creators for it get paid i believe uh, uh ryan little is the writer yeah and i don't know if you can get it anywhere but kickstarter but if uh you go on kick i'll post a link in the show notes but if you go on kickstarter you can search the axe man and uh it'll come up and there's got to be a way to get it if you want to get it. Yeah, that will at least start your journey. If I can get word back from him as to where a link that you can get it, I'll put that in the show notes as well. So if you're interested, you can go take a look. Yeah. You know, I think this is cool that we had a couple of people hit us up about reviewing their comic books. I don't know about you, but I personally would love to keep doing that. So if you're an independent comic creator and you want your book reviewed, um, you should hit us up, send us a uh, PDF or a link or something. We'll read your comic. We'll review it. Yeah, it was neat. It was kind of cool to have people reach out to us and want to know what we thought about something. Like that's kind of cool. Yeah. And it's, it's weird too, because like going into it before I, I mean, I had already read WrestleTopia, so I knew what I was getting myself into, but with Axeman, you know, like I'm sitting here like, well, what if, well, I guess even, even with the later episodes of WrestleTopia, I hadn't read. It's like, what if I don't like this? Like, what if I think this is objectively bad? Like, what do I do? So, yeah, thankfully we didn't have to do that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think I would have the, the heart to just out and out like shit on something, but man, like I, I would feel like a dickhead if, if something came in that I really couldn't support and I was like, yeah, go get this right now. Well, yeah. Uh, like, I mean, if someone sent us like, you know, the adventures of Hitler and the Klansmen. Yeah, yeah, where they're like, the heroes. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, but I'd probably just get back to him and be like, sorry, buddy. Nope. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is not uh, your audience. Yeah, I got this is nothing not good audience. to say about this, so let's not say anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of reviews, we got a new five-star review. Oh, shit. Yeah, this one yeah. Uh, came via Podchaser from uh, Not Suitable for Adults which is a uh, podcast where they watch kids shows. So, well, maybe so you don't have to, but uh, they have kids 
and uh, they are stuck watching kids' shows, so they decided to review them from like an adult perspective. <laughs> Which is, I've, I've listened to a few. It's interesting, um, I, and it makes me glad that I don't have to watch this stuff anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just got your kids started with aliens, so yeah, like okay, yeah, like they don't they don't want to watch Teletubbies or oh shit, Teletubbies. How old am I? Uh, pretty old. Uh, <laughs> so what do they say about us? Uh, they say, this show is great. A deep dive into subjects and getting extremely geeky about them. The hosts have great chemistry and sound quality is great. Worth putting in your ears for sure. Yeah, yeah. Put us right in your ears. Both of them. <laughs> double penetration. Yeah, we'll, we'll double team you. We'll run a train on, the, on those ear canals. Uh, uh, but thank you. Yes, thank you very much. Um, well... I guess that about wraps it up. Um, If you want to let us know what you thought, hit us up on the uh, social medias. Facebook, Geek Exploration, the podcast page. Instagram at Geek Exploration Podcast. Twitter at Geek Explore Pod. You can shoot us an email at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. And if you want us to read your review on the air, uh, just write one for us at uh, either Apple Podcasts (laughs) or Podchaser. (laughs) Yeah. Our theme song for this is uh, Celebration. That's what it is. Yeah, there's by, that memory. By Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. That's it. Nope. We also got swag. Ah. Available at uh, shop.geeksplorationpodcast.com. Yes. All right. Now I, that's it. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, like, I would have to say this anyway. Well, I wouldn't have to say it. I would say nothing, but I want to say I enjoy my shirt. It's those next level tri-blend shirts, man. Oh, yeah. They're nice I, shirts. I had some of those beforehand. Like, those are comfy fucking shirts. I'm a man who likes a light, comfy, stretchy shirt. So, if you're one of those, too, go buy some shirts. Yeah. If you if you want a comfy shirt and you don't care what's on it, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you could do worse. All right. Bye.